Kia ora Aotearoa, I'm Simon Bridges and welcome to this special bonus episode of Generally Famous. I didn't want to abandon you over summer, so we've pulled together some of the best bits of seasons one and two. They're themed around particular subjects. Today, generally starstruck. Hope you enjoy this compilation. I'll be back very soon with more fantastic guests for season three. But until then, enjoy your summer. Liam Malone. What's the best night out you've ever had? I once received a phone call from the woman who was the CEO of Vogue, the fashion magazine. She said, do you know anything about modelling? I lied and I said yes. <laughs> I knew nothing about modelling. I'd seen Zoolander and I knew the blue steel pose. And I, I knew a few models, you know. Ah, how, ah, how, how, how can oh, it be? be? Yeah, exactly. John Key's done it. A- exactly. And if John can do it. <laughs> so she flies me out to New York. I'm at the one of the most expensive fashion shows at New York Fashion Week, and they had this large industrial uh, hangar that they filled with like a foot of snow. Now, every celebrity you can imagine was there, like Fergie and Leonardo DiCaprio and Snoop Dogg, and they put me in my blades and like this weird little lycra outfit. It was odd, to say the least, right? And I was like, surely at some point, someone will give me guidance, a tutorial. I have no idea how to model. <laughs> Anyway, I'm the last model. I'm there for diversity reasons. The last model to walk. They just say, go. I take two steps. I lock eye contact with Snoop Dogg in the front row. He'd seen me and my blades <laughs> and the lycra. Honestly, it looked like he'd just seen Mr. Tumnus from the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> I love Dude, that Mr. Tumnus, yeah, by the way. So, yeah, I can um, still see the picture from the book my mum read me. I thought he was dubious. Uh... He panicked. He kind of had this reaction. It made me panic. It was muscle memory. I just started running along the outside of all the models on this runway. I ran around the outside of all of them. I passed the one who's in the front, by the way. And I run backstage. And as I ran past Kareen Reutfeld, this incredible fashion mogul, she put her head in her hands. And I'm thinking, I've scalped her. I'm backstage. The lead designer walks up to me. He looks at me. He goes, you are a genius. (laughs) (laughs) He takes me back out for the final walk. And then I get this phone call and this agent says, hey, do you want to have dinner with Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas? She saw you tonight. I'm like, sure. And my ego goes, I'm being asked on a date with Fergie. I arrive at this event. It's not a date. It's not a one-on-one with Fergie. It's a fundraiser for the Special Olympics. She saw me and she thought I went to the Special Olympics, not the Paralympics. So the whole night I'm having dinner with Fergie and she's talking to me in 0.5 speed. Highly, I was painful. So it was a wild, wild like arc of unexpected events, and it was absolutely hilarious. So that would be the best night out because it was just so. That's some seriously good name dropping you've got going on there. Mm, Yeah, it was weird. Kim Crossman. Well, I live in the very blessed simulation or reality, whichever one I'm in. (laughs) I have the best job with the project where almost every week I get to interview the biggest stars, whether it be on Zoom or in person. So I've met almost everybody. My most exciting for me personally would probably be Will Ferrell because I've interviewed him a few times. He gives a great interview. Mm -hmm. It's one of my life goals and I've got a few of them. We can dissect them later if you want. The top one is living in a castle. The second one is owning a Maine Coon. And the (laughs) third one is to have a cup of tea with the queen. But the fourth one on the list. The second one one is achievable. Actually, they're all achievable. The queen, you're running out of time, my friend, but... Oh, I've been trying. I've sent her over 50 letters. I have sent the Queen. I have got New Zealand House involved. I've tried everything to meet that woman. That's intense. I'm an intense kind of woman. So <laughs> I'm getting if that. We're just fe- learning this I'm, now after I'm, 29 I'm, minutes. I'm getting that feeling. 
Uh, but Will Ferrell is, I just want to work opposite him. Mm. Like from everything I know and all the people I've interviewed, he's the least and most self-aware human. He's just funny on a level that we can't compute. And all I've wanted when I've interviewed him is for him to look at me and kind of go, you're really funny. You should come and be in a movie. And every time an interview ends, I hold it there for a bit longer. I'm like, please say it, please say it. And then they usher me out and I'm like, damn. But one of these days it will happen. I hope. Nick Mowbray. Kim Kardashian, Bieber, these people. Are you mixing with the rich? And f- you told me you're not generally famous, but are you mixing with them? Are you, are you, are you shamelessly, as you have in the past, handing them egg shots and and pulling out the, the the smartphone to capture this? Yeah, no. I mean, look, I'm 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 relatively lucky now, I guess, in the position we're in that you know we can be connected to to lots of interesting people. Um, so yeah, I get to spend a lot of time with people like the Kardashians or. Um, yeah, just a number of people. Do you like them? Or are they? Do you know what? Like Chris is amazing. Great person. Chloe's amazing. Actually, they're all really great. They're genuinely nice people. Um, spent a bit of time this year with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively at their place in New York. Um, you know what? Lovely, genuine people. Um, Not and all... that might be a surprise to everyone, right? But like that they turn on with the cameras. Like genuinely, there's no nicer person than Chris Jenner that I've. That, that I, could, I couldn't speak highly enough. My experience, people who are top in their game, if you want to put it that way, generally are, you know, great people. Right? There's the odd exception, but fundamentally that's sort think of... So. I think yeah. that's part of getting to where they, they got to, right? You can still be competitive, you can still push hard, and you can compete hard, but I think you still need to be a good person. Nadine Higgins. I've never been particularly enamoured with interviewing famous people I don't know they are interesting yeah but it's just not something that I necessarily was gagging to do Um, except I always used to be a really big fan of Coronation Street amazing and Bill Roach who played Ken Barlow (laughs) still plays Ken Barlow came out to New Zealand and I was really excited to meet him I asked Nadine Higgins (laughs) who you know she was most starstruck by and we get Ken Roach that is well, and some of them are really disappointing. I remember meeting Gabriel Markt, who played Harvey Specter on Suits. Yes. And obviously he's super handsome and the show was massive at the time and I was so excited to meet him. And he was really quite dismissive and rude. And I kind of gave up on the show after that. And I don't know why I expected him it to be put nice you to off me. The show. I'm just a little journalist from the bottom of the world. But yeah, he was a bit of a dick. <laughs> so it kind is, of ruined the magic of it. it is, I suppose that's right. There are people who are like they are on something. There are people who are not like they are and better. And there are people who are not like they are and worse. Mm. I would tend to say, you know, people at the top of anything, right? Whether it's business, whether it's I said I wouldn't say it, but politics, whether it's you know media, whether it's acting, I, I'm like I don't want to be enamoured by them or be starstruck. It's like they're just another person who goes to the toilet and eats, <laughs> you know, McDonald's once in a while. But um, sometimes they are, they do have a glow about them. Mitch James, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't my original number one inspiration. Mm. Mm. I found his album Plus when I was in my second to last year of, of boarding school yep. and. I, it was, no one knew, Ed Sheeran wasn't Ed Sheeran like he is then, today. Because no. um, so, he had the busking story, didn't he? Everyone yeah, I, I, I mean, I, so. I basically copied his blueprint, to yeah. be honest. Um, and, and yeah, I, I remember finding it and really connecting with it, and it was like my little secret, and I was like, this is 
so awesome. I connect with these songs. I connect with this music. And then he obviously blew up to to become what he was. But he um, good guy, so, or because he just strikes me. He strikes me as very focused. Yes. I mean, I would. Do you accept this? It's my view, and but I don't. I'm not into these things at the level that you are. I feel like there's a bit of sellout to supermarket pop jingles. I, you know, uh, there was soul there, and now it's kind of like, how can I make a shitload of money from some cheesy song that they're going to play at Christmas time in the freaking supermarket? <laughs> I have to, I have, yeah. I, you, you don't want to get yourself in trouble. No, I don't want to get myself in trouble. I, I love right, it. You, know, you can, love you can it claim that you've already done no comp. You can claim the Fifth Amendment if you want. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think he's going back to uh, he's writing an album that's uh, headed back to the original roots, and I, I think you know as as artists you're always trying to evolve, and I've been trying to do it with with my sound as well, and naturally it, it can head into that uh, that when you're jingly stuff. Yeah, when you're in pop music, it can you toe the line, I guess. The other one that's done that, by the way, is Elton John. I mean, I used to love. I grew up, you know, my brother, my brother had his record. Every my brother Peter, I'd go up to his um, studio, uh, not studio, but his his room, and he had he had he was a tech guy. He'd spent a lot of money on his LP, whatever you call mm-hmm. it. He had every Elton record, and I would scratch the shit out of them, putting on the needle <laughs> and playing the songs. I like. I loved Elton. But I mean, it's peak Elton when he's doing these sort of jingly things with who's his latest one? Britney Spears, is it? Yeah, that's just about money. Of he's just it trying is. to pay for the florist. I was just about to say that because apparently I've heard from numerous people that Elton has got like a mad flower thing going on. Well, it's funny, but I must admit I'm not giving you a new thought right now because I put this in my book, National Identity, great book, by the mm. way. It's still in print if you want to get on there. By, but by wonderful, no. But here's the point. So I, I, I said in the book because I went to Elton um, with my children and my wife. Is this the last tour? Yes. Yeah. And and um, four hundred dollars a ticket, right? <laughs> this is not. This is this is very bourgeoisie. Okay, we they're sitting <laughs> yes, there with is. a lot of. Um, and and I get it. He was unwell, but he didn't. Finished oh, the, the, you the, the set, one, you and, and you know, so we'd spend a lot of money here. But, but um, the point of all of this, I wrote something like an offhand line in the book about how, um, you know, he still paid for his, his his forest or whatever. He spends hundreds of grand, like a week, yeah, sometimes that, on the flowers. See, people when I tell them that story, they're like, "Yeah, you're like clearly glossing that story up," and I'm like, "No, like I've heard from some very reliable people that." It's literally hundreds of thousands of pounds a week on flowers. He loves the flowers. Clearly. You know, beauty is important, but there's a lot of money on flowers. I mean, I I like candles. I can... I don't see so myself have, spending a hundred grand a week on them. So I know because you have sort of Tuesdays where you're kind of it's about you, you're yes. you're detoxing, you're relaxing. Self care Tuesday. <laughs> it's I like it. And um so you know, there's a there's a touch of Elton. I mean <laughs> They're not costing you hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah, but. I, I think self care Tuesdays. I mean there's are, the are, odd are, pet pedicure. Yeah, look there I mean, my nails are sparkling right they now. They are actually. Um, but yeah, they actually are. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's usually like a, a massage, uh, therapy, and sometimes I'll uh, I'll get the uh, the mani pedi. Wonderful. But uh, you know, I I also get the suction cups. I'm a very like at, 
very uh, active oh, I've person. I've never done that. Um, I do love a man, but that would be, is that sore? Oh, uh, I mean, I kind of like the pain if, without sounding yeah. like a psycho. But Sounds like another song. There's a song in that. Oh, yeah, trust me. There's. <laughs> I think I think if people don't get that I'm some kind of sucker for pain by listening to my albums, they don't have to see me get suction cup to realise that. <laughs> So you've toured with Ed Sheeran, you've sixty. What's it like going with these big bands? And who were some of the the better kind of big characters you've you've met and you liked? And you say, yeah, they were a top individual or group yeah. of individuals. Yeah, so I'm on tour with Callum Scott right yep. now, and um, I mean Ed and the Six Sixty Boys set the bar high of of what it is to be a professional, and um, and you know a great person to be around on the road. But Callum is. I mean, trust me, I've been around for just as many good people I've been around in this industry. I've been around some wankers too. And, yeah. And Callum is the greatest human being that I've met in this game. He he looks after me so much every day. We uh, we spend time together. He really wants to see me win on, on the global scale. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Ed and, and the 660 boys have been great for me and I've always looked up to them. But, but Callum and this tour I'm on now has been something out of this world and I'm so grateful to you know to see someone in, in the industry who has such a big stature to genuinely believe in me because it's real easy to be nice to people and you know be happy happy days or whatever but there's a difference between being nice and really wanting to see you win so it's been amazing to to be on on tour with Callum and yeah I mean it's only got a few weeks left and I'm I'm gonna miss him but uh, yep. yeah it's 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 been amazing to be with him for sure. Today on Newsable, are the Waz in trouble? What the Warriors need to do to get back on track after a month without any wins. Plus, the story of the Canterbury cocaine cartel and introducing the most boring man in the world. Would he be the cure to sleeplessness? For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. Lucy Blackiston. Explain this fangirls <laughs> situation. So my basic... Yep. understanding which could be quite inaccurate is that you've been a key cheerleader for Harry and you know I for feel like we, I feel like we in one one direction then yep. Harry Styles I feel like we can call him Harry yeah um and you know my senses as well um I think I've seen a bit on this I think you've mentioned it on your pod um some of your followers on Instagram don't like that amongst the serious <laughs> stuff you're also chucking down a bit of Harry Styles yeah. Um, so run me, yeah, give okay. me a, r- run me through, run um, the, the, actually just the, the fan page thing, yes. have I got that right? Yeah, so when I was maybe about 15 or 16, I had a One Direction Twitter account that, honestly, I think it was where I was like practicing my comedy and also practicing being a fan, and so I would just tweet funny, weird One Direction things, um, and it got about 70,000 followers, but... Then I realised, well, that taught me how to build a community. That taught me how to like read and like read fan fiction, and then edit it in my head because I would be like, "This is so poorly written," and mm. and I didn't realise it was teaching me these things. It taught me how to build a website. It taught me how to edit photos, and then when I grew up and had to start writing CVs and resumes and things like that, I realised I'd spent all my time doing this this fan page, which I loved, but I didn't feel like I could put any of the skills that I'd learnt onto a resume or a CV because it was embarrassing. I was like, no, that's so embarrassing, Lucy. And then as I got older and I started Shit You Should Care About and all that community building came right back to, you know, being the most important part of Shit You Should Care About, 
I really started thinking and um, reading, uh, especially a woman called Sasha Judd, who speaks about fangirls all the time, and right. and thinking, hold on a second, I do know how to do all this, and I owe it all to being a fan of things. So let's make Harry Styles quite a pillar of shit you should care about, so that everyone else, I like it, that's a fan of anything, just feels hurt. I, I don't understand it, but I like it, and so try. What do you not understand? Well, this is what I mean. Explain the awesomeness. Uh, of One Direction Harry Styles to a podgy <laughs> 45-year-old man who, you know, I know and yeah. like some of his stuff, but yeah. I'm not... Yeah. Yeah. Why? So, I mean... What in, is it about them and him? First of all, I think One Direction was formed at a time when social media was sort of taking off, so you had this all access to this celebrity boy band that you'd never had before because they were on Twitter, they were doing live streams, you felt like you knew them, and then... We all grew up and they broke up and Harry Styles became his own phenomenon on his own. And as much as it's about Harry, who just supports, I think, all the same things that you should care about stands for and is gorgeous <laughs> and great music. I mean, it all it's a perfect combination. He's got everything. He's got it it's all. a complete package. He's got is it he all. Quite, is he considered on... Um, um, the politics and things. You have a sense of that. He has. A, he's got views on these. Yeah, things. Yeah, he does. He's yeah. He's very conservative. That's a great word. And he's quite vocal about it. Right. Um, and so, as much as it's about him though, as a person, it's also fandom as a concept and the fact that you're allowed to like the news, you're allowed to like boy bands, you're allowed to like Formula One, you're allowed to like Dungeons and Dragons. Like these are all things that pop up and shit yeah. you care out to make people feel like. Okay. And, and, and not that this, I'm saying this is why you're doing it, but, it, you know, isn't it a basic life rule that a little bit of sugar makes the medicine go down? Hell yeah, we yeah. We all want a bit of sugar. Yeah. We all want to, you know. like, you need to be able to break up the crisis going on here and the environment falling to pieces here with a little bit of, okay, I can take a breath. Totally. Was he always the best singer and guy in One Direction? He was always the best singer. He yep. was always the best was he the like, hottest front man yeah i think it was the hottest yeah subjective but louis was the funniest absolutely couldn't sing but he was my favorite when i was younger because i just i love people that are funny are they basically i mean i know um zane malik yeah. um this they, is they, they they are basically all are they, are these guys now sort of on the bones of their ass and sort of UK tenement buildings forced to go on Celebrity Treasure Island to make a few bucks to kind of keep the lights on? I is he the only guy that's really made it? I mean, Zane sort of has, but... Niall he, really has. What's he doing? You'd actually quite like Niall, I think, because it's more like... I know you're I into like rock, but it's a little bit more... He's Irish, quite folky and a little bit rocky, a little bit Arctic Monkeys vibes. Right, and some yeah, of I his, like that. Yeah, and so I think he would be your... You've basically got as cool as I get. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. you sort of... Niall, well, I'm going to check him out. Yeah. Um, is <laughs> Harry Styles now one of the greatest artists ever? Oh, I don't know if I could call him one of the greatest artists ever. Definitely of the... 2000s. Right. Um, so you're quite a, you are actually objective about this. Oh, yeah. I thought you would, I thought you would be instinctively straight in with a hell yes. I, I, he's great, but there have been a lot more. I mean, w let's talk again in about 30 years and see if he's been as informative to music as maybe a lot of other people. Well, he's, he's done the thing that um, 
is not easy to do going from a says me of very no. little idea. But no, but he yeah. is. But you would agree with this much. He's graduated from boy band yes. into the really big time. Yeah. And at a level, you'd say in doing that, he's producing, um, and I'm not making any comment on One Direction, but <laughs> adult Yes. Serious music yes. kind of thing, isn't that That's right? Really fair. They've gone from sort of like bubblegum pop to then I think they tried to do rock in one direction, and then now Harry is actually making bangers. So yeah, yeah. no, I agree with that. Um, have you ever met him? Haven't met him. Have Are you, I see he's coming in March twenty three. Oh yeah, I just saw that on a bus like yesterday. Yeah, we hosted some listening parties. You will for meet him. him then. I don't know if I'll meet him. You should meet him. I know. I know. Someone. Don't they know who you are? They know who we are. As a they know who member we are. of parliament, the National Party once said a week or so before he killed his career. <laughs> well, I don't know. They know who we are, but we have not yet. Well, because I, I heard on you one of your podcasts. Yes. I love that, this research you've been doing. Well, like, because I, I, I come to this with my A yeah. game, all right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, I bring everything I've got. You, you've been over with the big words at Sony in Sydney. Yes. Yes. Is he signed with Sydney? Uh, with so- Sony? Yeah. Sony and Sydney? He is signed with Sony. So we've worked together on his album release parties. So and surely you're going to meet him. Yeah, well, we, I want to. I am not here to make assumptions like that, but I will <laughs> manifest it. Manifest it. I will it. manifest it. You that's know what like it. Yeah, but that's like it. You guys use it in some modern lingo. I mean, manifest to me is like some satanic ritual <laughs> where the guy starts writhing on the floor <laughs> before the baby sacrifice. Well, manifest to me is putting something hopefully good into the universe and just hoping that you've spoken it into existence. So I hope you haven't spoken that. What you that just is, mentioned. I've never. I wasn't there. <laughs> That's not what we do before no. we become a national MP. Okay, don't don't you know? Don't go. I wouldn't know. Don't about, I wouldn't know. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't go spread. Um. Well, if you okay. So, well, you get. I've established. You've got. Actually, if you meet him, yes. Will you put a photo of you and him on Instagram? No. That will be a private special moment. Yes. Yeah. What if no. he put it on his social media? Then that's fine. Harry Styles is probably the like one hall pass. You let him. You know, fair enough. Actually, fair you enough. would too. Fair enough. Do you, I, I... Thanks again for listening to this bonus episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, we'll be back very soon with all new episodes and more brilliant guests. If you're following the show on a podcast app, keep an eye on your feed, or check www.stuff.co.nz/generallyfamous for updates. Thanks as ever to my producers Chris Reed and Jen Black. I'm Simon Bridges. Enjoy your summer, Aotearoa. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz/support.